0: Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in God's house once again. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Just praise God for the opportunity, as always, to be here in His house. Tell title of my message this evening, because I do have a message, even though we're doing water baptism. Amen. The title of my message is, a I am a new creation. Understanding water baptism. And so before we get any farther, I want to welcome everyone to the house of the Lord and to what I call a water baptism celebration. Amen. Amen. But before we celebrate those who have decided to follow Jesus, we're going to celebrate the word for just a little bit. Amen. But before we even do that, one more time, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask him to anoint and bless our time together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be in your house and once again to bring forth your word. Thank you, Father God, that you've... Uh, anointed me to bring forth good news, Lord God, and I pray that you would do that this evening, to give me the boldness, the courage, the remembrance that I need to bring forth the, the words of salvation that you've sown into the soil of my soul. Let them come forth with clarity. Let them come forth with understanding and revelation. Pray that you'd come against every hindrance, every distracting spirit, Father God. Let everyone receive your word this evening. And let us understand a little bit more, Father God, about what water baptism is all about, Father. So that we can truly celebrate it together. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 I use the word celebration in my introduction and along the way, because if there is ever anything for us to celebrate, it's someone's public confession to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. It's their decision to go through the waters And follow Jesus. And tonight that's what we're celebrating. 20 individuals or so I believe. 20 to 20 some individuals who are ready to say it's no longer I that live. But Christ who lives within me. 20 individuals or so who are ready to lay down their nets and follow Jesus. Amen. The truth is in a world that's filled with unrighteousness. That's filled with ungodliness. That's filled with corruption and sin. Those who go through the waters of baptism have decided to separate themselves from these contaminating influences of the world so that they might be a vessel of honor, profitable to the master, fit and ready for every good work. So if you're here to be baptized tonight, I want you to clearly understand that you are here tonight to make yourself fit and ready for every good work to make yourself profitable to the master. Amen. The individuals that go through baptism, they are publicly professing that I am not my own. They're here tonight to say that I have been bought with a price, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. that was shed on Calvary's cross. Therefore, because of his sacrifice, therefore, because of the price that he paid for me, I'm going to glorify God in my body and I'm going to glorify God in my life. And if there's anything worth celebrating, it's that. Amen. It's someone who in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation is willing to stand up and say, I'm here to follow Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we're doing tonight. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you want to know what baptism is all about? It's all about what I just said. It's about dying to self and living for Jesus Christ. Amen. Those who go through the waters tonight are saying, forgetting what lies behind. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Forgetting about the past, forgetting about yesterday, forgetting about who I used to be, forgetting about my old life, forgetting about my old ways, forgetting about who I used to be, forgetting what lies behind, I press on toward the prize which is in Jesus Christ. And the first thing you need to understand is that there is no prize on this side of the water. There's no prize on this side of the sea. Because what you need to understand before you go into baptism, this is the way of the world. This is the carnal side of the water. This is the sinful side and the selfish side of the water. This represents the devil's kingdom and that over there represents God's kingdom. And what we need to understand is that there is no prize on this side of the water. There's no prize when we're living in a land of selfishness. There's no prize when we're living in a land of carnality. There's no prize when we're living in a place of rebellion or living in a place of pride, church. But there is a prize on the other side of the water. And the only way you and I will ever receive that prize is if we're willing to repent of our sins and go through the waters so that we can experience the prize that Jesus has for us. Amen? There's no prize, church, on the earthly side or the carnal side of the water. There's no prize on this side of God's will. Here's what you have to understand. This is your will on this side, and that's God's will on this side. This is my ways on this side, and it's God's ways on that side. It's my plan on this side, and it's God's plan on that side. And when you go through the waters of baptism, you are saying, my ways and my will and my thoughts and my old man will be left behind. Not just left behind. He's going to be buried in the water so that when I come up on the other side, I can do God's will... And I live out God's plan and purpose for my life. That's what baptism is all about. We need to understand that there's no prize on this side of the Jordan River. There's no prize on this side of the Red Sea. The children of Israel had to go through the Red Sea in order to get to their promise. They had to go through the Jordan in order to get to the promise, church. There is no prize on this side of the water. Remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the first thing they had to do was go through the waters to get to their promise, amen? They had to go through the waters in order to possess their prize. Some theologians believe that the children of Israel had to go through the waters two times, Because the first time when they went through the Red Sea, they fell away from God. They fell away from fellowship. They fell away from relationship with God. They fell into stubbornness and they fell into pride and they fell into sin. And so God had to take them through the waters again. He had to take them through the River Jordan before they could possess their promise Now, I'm not sure if that's theologically correct or not, but what you and I need to understand, the reality is there may be someone in this house tonight who has fallen away from Jesus and has to go through the waters of repentance once again. There may be someone in this house that has fallen away from fellowship with God. They've stepped into rebellion. They've stepped into compromise. They've stepped into sin. And God wants them to once again go through the waters so that they can have fellowship with God. Wants them to go through the water so that they might possess their prize. Because the reality is, church, and, and it's a whole nother sermon, if you have fallen away from God, if you have fallen away from God and are living a sinful life, there is no prize for you unless you go through the waters of repentance. According to the Word of God, and again, I'm not going to get into a big theological discussion, but there is no such thing as once saved, always saved. You can fall away from the faith. You can fall away from the Father. And if that happens in our life, we've got to go through the waters of repentance again so that we can possess our prize, church. And whether Israel having to go through the waters two times, like I said, is theological or not, correct or not, Some of us might have to go through those waters again. If that's you and you want to possess the prize, you're going to have to go through the waters of repentance, like I said, in order to get there. You're going to have to plunge yourself into the sea like Peter did after he denied Jesus three times. You see, the reality is you all know the story. Peter, a follower of Christ. Big, bold profession of faith. If everyone else forsakes you, Jesus, I will not forsake you. But before the cock crowed three times, Peter denied Jesus three times. And he fell away from the faith. The Apostle Peter fell away from the faith, church. He fell away from fellowship. And he walked away from his call The reality is, you know the story, Peter ended up going backwards, church. He went back to his old ways. He went back to his old boat. He went back to his old fishing spots. He went back to his old job. He went back probably to some of his old friends. He went back, church, to the nets, the old nets that he one day laid down in order to follow Jesus Christ wherever he went. Peter went back, church, to his old, old ways. He went back to his will instead of God's will. He went back to his plan instead of God's plan. He went back to his call, his earthly call, instead of the call that Jesus Christ had placed upon him to follow him so that he might become a fisher of men you see, the reality is every one of us have a high call and a low call in life. Peter's low call was to be a fisher of fish, but his high call on this side of the water was to be a fisher of men. And the reality is far too many of us live right here on the low call of, uh, 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 that God has given to our life. But Peter, in order to get, please understand this again, I'm not going to get too teachy, but to get back to the Father's will. To get back to the Father's call and plan and purpose for His life, He had to go through the waters, the Bible says. He threw Himself into the sea so that He could be reunited with Jesus. And that's what baptism is all about. It's about throwing ourselves into the sea and burying the old ways in the waters so that we can come up on the other side and be reunited with Jesus Christ to accomplish the high call of Jesus in our lives. A high call of Jesus in our life to be fishers of men, to be salt, to be light, to be an example of Jesus Christ in our lives, church. What you and I have to understand is that if we are like Peter this evening, we have to do the same thing as Peter. We have to throw ourselves into the water and make our way to Jesus, because the reality is there is no prize without Jesus, church. There's no reward there's no home in heaven. There's, new note. There's no new name written down in glory. There's no robe of righteousness. There's no eternal rest. There's no salvation of the soul. There's no promised land, and there is no prize without first being baptized into Jesus Christ, without being united with Him. You see, some people think this is salvation. This isn't salvation. This doesn't have the power to change you or save you or clean up your mess. Jesus is the only one that can save you. Jesus is the only one that can redeem you. Jesus is the only one that can clean up your mess. Amen? Understand, without Jesus, this is an empty ritual. Without Jesus, church, in our lives, this is meaningless. Because the truth is, like I said, these waters can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. These waters cannot wash away your sin because what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. The truth is, if you're going through these waters without Jesus, the only thing you're going to get is wet. And you might get a t-shirt, church. Amen. But if you have crucified yourself with Christ first, church, then baptism is where all things... Are made new and where you come out a new creation. Amen. It's where old things are able to pass away and where all things become new in Acts chapter eight, verses thirty five to thirty seven. Philip is sharing the gospel with an Ethiopian eunuch. And as they went along the road, the Bible says they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, look, water, he said. And they stopped. What prevents me from being baptized, he said to Philip. And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Bible says they both went into the water and the eunuch was baptized. Amen. Because baptism without belief is a fruitless exercise. Baptism without believing in Jesus Christ is an empty act, church. It's empty of affection. The truth is, if you don't believe, church, that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, if you don't believe that He was with God in the beginning and that through all Him all things were made, if you don't believe, church, that in Him was life and that life was the light of all mankind, if you don't believe that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling place among us, church, and that He is the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth, then this act of water baptism is meaningless if you do not believe in Jesus Christ we have to believe one of the things we have to believe is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God all of us have to believe that all of we have to believe that all have sinned church including me including you We've fallen short of the glory of God. And somewhere along the way, we've got to go through the waters of repentance. Somewhere along the way, we've got to reunite ourselves with Jesus Christ. And this today is a public statement of what you have come to realize in your mind. That without Jesus, I'm lost. Without Jesus, there's no hope. Without Jesus, there's no prize. Without Jesus, I cannot be a new creation. But with Jesus, all things are made new. Jesus, all things have passed away, and I come out on this side, a new creation, church. That's what baptism is all about. Amen? This is what the Holy Spirit wants us to understand. If you don't believe with all of your heart, like Philip said, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God born of a virgin church, who died on Golgotha's hill for years of my sins, who was put in a grave and three days later rose again to be seated at the right hand of the Father. If you and I don't believe that one day Jesus is coming back for His bride and that we will one day reign for Him in glory, this means nothing. If you don't believe. If you don't believe. You've got to understand why you're going through these waters. You've got to understand why you need to go through these waters. Amen? Amen? Because we have to somewhere in our life make a public confession that I belong to Jesus. Somewhere in our life we have to make that confession, church, because baptism without belief, baptism without Christ, baptism without repentance, baptism without the blood, baptism without the cross, baptism without first being born again in your spirit is an empty effort. Look, I'm not trying here to discourage you or keep anybody from going through the water. I want you to understand why we go through the water. And I want you to understand what is required in order for you to benefit from going through the water. Jesus Christ has to be first in your life. We all have to understand that baptism is simply a demonstration of our devotion to Jesus Christ. Amen? It's a demonstration of the affection that we have for the Father. Please understand, baptism itself doesn't save you, church. The Bible says, because it is by grace through faith in the work of Jesus Christ that we are saved, not in our own works, lest any man should boast. If you don't have Jesus, this is an empty work. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, this is an empty effort. If you, haven't, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ and gone through the baptism of repentance, this is meaningless, church. There's some steps that we have to take to benefit, steps we have to take to receive our prize. This does not save us in itself. It can't cleanse you or restore you. This can't clean up your mind, like I said. This can't clean up your speech. Oh, well, I I curse like a sailor. I think I'll go through these waters today. and When I come out, that'll all be gone. This water can't clean your speech. This water can't clean your mind. This water can't clean your thoughts. This water can't clean up your marriage. This water can't clean up your lifestyle. This water can't clean up your habits. This water can't clean up the old man. Church, the old man must first be crucified with Christ. And then when we go through the water, we are demonstrating publicly that I've been to the cross. And now I'm going to the grave so that when I come out on that side, I can do the will of the Father in my life. That's what it's all about, church. Amen. If I get too close, warn me. Yeah. I'll go through. It's like that movie. I don't like to talk about movies a lot that I watch, but there's that uh, brother. Oh, brother, where are out there where that little hillbilly guy goes in and gets his sins washed away. He gets dunked and he says, brothers, come on in. The water is fine. <laughs> if I fall in, it'll be fine. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The truth is, church, young or old. Being baptized in water was designed by God simply to be a public demonstration of your personal devotion to Jesus Christ. A personal confession, I mean a public confession of our personal commitment to Jesus Christ. A public confession of our personal commitment to Jesus Christ. Listen, again, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to get one. And the only way, listen, that you're going to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is to be crucified with Him. I'm not here to harp on you or condemn you, but I want to let you know that if you want to have life and life that's more abundant, if you want this to mean something, church, you've got to give your life to Christ. And you've got to make a public confession of your personal commitment to Christ. Because the truth is, somewhere we all must make a public confession of our faith. Somewhere, the redeemed of the Lord have to stand up and say so. Amen? Somewhere in our walk with Jesus Christ, somewhere in our journey of faith, we must confess with our lips that I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. What's the old song say? The cross before me and the world behind me. Though none go with me, I will follow. You see, the sad reality is in the generation that we're living in, there's not a lot of people that are going to follow you. So if you're a candidate for baptism, don't look for a whole lot of people to be following you when you come out on the other side. This world is engrossed in sin and engrossed in compromise and engrossed in the the carnal, wicked ways of this world. Don't be surprised if you got to walk away all by yourself. Don't be surprised when you find yourself in certain situations in life where you will be, your faith and your confession in Christ will be tested and you will be tempted to turn back. And go through the waters the other way. But when you find yourself in those places of trial and tribulation and temptation in your life, this moment, church, in your life, you can look back on and allow it to impress on your mind that on that day, today, what is it? The 19th of March, 2014, I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Though none go with me, Jesus, I will still Follow. That's what we need to understand about baptism, church. This is what I want you to pre- be prepared to do when you go through these waters. The Bible tells us in Luke 12, 18, I tell you, whoever publicly confesses me before others, the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. And baptism is that confession, church. Amen. Baptism tells your family, and it tells your friends, and it tells your pastor, and it tells this world that I now belong to Jesus Christ. It says, I have been made new. Just like those shirts. Just like those shirts. And see, what I hope is that that shirt isn't a false advertisement when you come up on the other side. I hope that church doesn't put us in jeopardy Like if we were in this world and we falsely uh, promoted something, somebody could bring a charge against us and say that's false advertisement. And I want you to understand that the devil will wait for that moment where he can find you wearing that shirt I have been made new, but you're still living like the old man. And he's going to say, false advertisement, hypocrite. We need to make sure that when we come through those waters, we can live up to this public confession church. We need to make sure that we can live up to this shirt because it's not about the shirt, church. It's about living our life for Jesus Christ. Being an example and a light in a dark place. Amen. It confesses to the crowd that I have died to my flesh and now I am alive to Jesus Christ. I'm alive to His will and not my will. I'm alive to His ways and not my ways. I'm alive to the kingdom of God and His government in my life and not the government of this world. Please understand, this world has a government that it wants you to be slave to and yielded to. And God's kingdom has a government it wants you to follow too. When we come out on the other side, we are saying, God, I will follow your statutes. Your will, your ways, your ordinances, your desires for my life. Because I've walked away from the world. And now I'm here to do your will, church. It's declaring to others. And it's impressing on your mind that I've died to my old habits and my old hangouts, my old ways and my old wants, my old self, my old speech. And now I'm here to live for Jesus Christ. Amen? Please understand, water baptism is a public burial. Of the old life. It's a public putting off of the old self, which is being corrupted, church, by its deceitful desires every single day. That's why we baptize through total immersion. And not just sprinkling with water. It's why we put you all the way under, church, and not just pour water over you. Because when you bury a dead body, you don't sprinkle a little dirt on it and leave it like it is. Neither do you throw a few shovels of dirt on a part of the body and leave the rest uncovered, church. You bury it deep and you cover it completely, amen? You don't leave a hand sticking out here. You don't leave a foot sticking out here. You don't leave a tongue sticking out here. You don't leave an elbow sticking out here, church. You bury it completely, church. You bury it all the way and you bury all of it. And in the same way, amen, When you take the old man into the waters, you got to put him all the way under, church. You can't leave the, the hand hanging out because, listen to me, it'll come back to haunt you. You can't leave a foot sticking out because it'll come back to lead you astray. You can't keep your tongue uncovered. You can't leave your tongue sticking out because it'll come back and betray you. You can't leave your eyes uncovered because it too will come back to destroy you. It will haunt you, church. You've got to put the man all the way under. The old man. Listen, if you don't bury the, a, a dead body all the way, deep down all the way, it'll start to stink. Spiritually the same way. If you don't bury yourself completely in Christ, if you don't put the old man all the way under, guess what? Your life's going to start Stinking. Your, your, your language is going to start stinking. Your ways will become putrid. Your thoughts, your vision, your marriage, your family, it'll all start to stink because you've not put them all the way under. It's why we put you all the way under. Look, I don't want you to think if you're young here or a kid, I don't want you to think we're going to throw you under the water and hold you down. We're not. I'm just making an example. We're going to put you all the way under and lift you right back up. Amen. But the reality is the point that I just needed to make is we've got to go all the way under. It's why we put you all the way under, because I think the whole the old man has to be put all the way under. Amen. If we don't cover him completely, he'll come back to haunt us and hurt us. The Bible says, if any man or woman has been buried deep into Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen. To Help us better understand baptism. I'm going to wind this down here. The word baptism in the Greek is the word baptizo, which means to immerse or to place something into something else. So physically, in the natural, baptism is nothing more than immersing you in water. It's nothing more than putting you in a pool. But spiritually, it is an act of placing ourselves in Jesus Christ spiritually. It's an act of burying ourselves, church, with Jesus Christ so that we can be brought up in newness of life. Amen. Unfortunately, far too many people are going through the waters without ever going to the cross, without ever being buried with Jesus Christ, without ever being baptized in the blood. And it's why the old man is still alive and well. That's why the old man is still walking and talking and stalking around in our lives. Because we've not put him completely under and we're not deep enough in Jesus Christ. Even if you're not here to be baptized this evening, I want to encourage you to plunge yourself deeper into Jesus Christ. If you want to crucify the flesh, if you want the old man to stop having control over your life, if you over want to come over habits and you want to overcome the things of this world, you've got to plunge yourself deeper into Jesus Christ whether it's His Word or prayer or His house or His presence, you've got to plunge yourself deeper in Jesus Christ. The reality is what you do in here, in this water, should demonstrate what you've already allowed Christ to do in here in your heart. Amen? What you've allowed Him to do in your soul. Remember, Jesus said, first clean the inside of the cup. And the outside will be clean also. So when you go through here, church, You are saying God's already cleansed the inside of my cup. You're saying I've already exposed my sin. I've already repented. I've already asked God to take away all the things that are unlike him, to to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You've already made a personal commitment, and now you're just making a public confession of what's already taken place in your life. So here's where I close. Water baptism says... This is who I used to be. This is where I've put him. That's the man I used to be. This is where I've put him. And this is who I am in Jesus Christ. Amen. This is who I used to be. This is where I've put him. And here's what you need to understand. What you're saying tonight is this is where I'm putting the old man. This is where I'm putting the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. This is where I'm putting my ego. This is where I'm putting my pride. This is where I'm putting my wantonness and my selfishness. This is where maybe I'm putting pornography. This is where I'm putting sexual immorality. This is where I'm putting homosexuality. This is where I'm putting greed and envy and jealousy and bitterness and wrath and dissension. This is where I'm putting gossip. This is where I'm putting the old man. This is where I am putting him all the way under so that I can come up in newness of life. Amen. How many of you are thankful that God has the power to make all things new? Amen. Here's how I'm closing. There may be someone here tonight that's not been doing God's will. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you've never buried the old man. At all. Maybe you've only buried him partially and he keeps creeping back into your life and causing you to go astray. Maybe you don't find yourself deep enough in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not sure if you're ready to possess the prize of eternity, church. Maybe you need to go through the waters again like Peter did or like Israel did. And if that's you, I want you to know that tonight all things can be made new, including you. Tonight you can plunge your past into the sea of forgetfulness because that's what this represents. The sea of forgetfulness where we can place every sin, every fault, every failure Never to be remembered again. This is where all things can be made new, church. So as I get ready to pray, I just want everybody to bow your heads. Close your eyes. I know you might be here ready for a candidate for baptism. But if this is you this evening, if you say, Pastor Jeff, after listening to these words, the words of God spoken into my life, I need to go through the waters tonight. I need to be reunited to Jesus. Or, I need to be united with Jesus for the first time. If that's you tonight, the Word has spoken to you. The Holy Spirit has tugged at your heart. I'm not going to tarry. If you're a candidate, that's fine. But if you're not, and this Word spoke to you, and you feel like you need to make things right with God, I'm just going to ask for you to lift your hands. I'll give you a couple minutes to lift up your hand and say, Tonight, God, I might not have come prepared for baptism, but I still want to be a candidate for a touch in my life. If that's you, raise your hand. Just give you a couple minutes. God, I need you tonight. Raise your hand. I see one. I see two. Thank God for that. Thank God. Thank God. One more minute. If you need Jesus in your life tonight, restoration, need renewal, lift up your hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want us to pray together, church. I want everyone to repeat after me with your head still bowed. I'll say a part. You say a part. Dear God. Thank you that you have the power to make all things new, including me. Thank you that you are able to take my sins which are like scarlet and make them white as snow. That's what I'm asking you to do tonight, God. To forgive me of my sins. To cleanse me from all unrighteousness, so that I might be in right standing with you, that I might be able to stand blameless before the Father with great joy. Take my will, take my wants, take my life. I surrender it to you, God. I am yours. Now use me to do your will, and not my own, so that you can be glorified in my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray and believe. Amen. Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church? Amen. Amen.